Well, hello. Welcome to the Leedsburg Talk Podcast. Today, sitting around the table, we have David. Hey, everybody. Sammy. Hello. Courtney. Hi. Matthew. Yo. And myself. How's everybody doing today? Great. Fantastic. <laughs> Wonderful. Let's go on to, and jump into our topic for today. Um, drum roll. Drum roll, please. <laughs> uh, today, we're talking about music. Music. And, uh, yeah, music and worship and, and all that. The Devil's Workshop. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I've heard it so many times. So, Matt, you are our worship pastor. Mm-hmm. Hey, can I, wait a minute. Can I, that, can I start out? With yeah, go. Cool. Oh, boy. This is funny. Yeah, okay. Okay, this is, this is, this, let me, let's start out. Let's make this a little bit light. First all right. of all, what's the best Christian concert you ever went to? A Christian music concert. What's the best one you ever saw? Uh, for King and Country. A few years ago, I wasn't real crazy about their music before I saw them live, but they put on a fantastic show live. Yeah, I've seen them also, and they are fantastic. John, you're you're gonna make fun of me for this. That's okay. A new song. Yeah. New song. Yeah. yeah. They're new pretty. Song. They're I pretty really good, like man. them. Okay. Maddie, yeah. uh, I think the best best show I ever saw was. Um, Bleach and Audio Adrenaline together. Oh yeah, good stuff. Um, I saw them too. Really great show. Oh, also, my heart remains. Oh my gosh. My heart yeah. Go go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go look that band up. <laughs> they are fantastic. Yeah. I'm just saying. My Wait, heart think, Court, what's what's one of your? Oh favorites? my! I went to see Amanda Cook in Nashville a few years ago. Who's that? Well, she's a worship artist, but she put out a solo album. She she works with Bethel, but she put out like an her artist album. Did a tour and it was actually excellent. The best live Christian concert I ever Carmen. saw. Uh, it was Carmen. back in the day. Okay, so it's dated a little bit, but it was it was apps. She was apps. It was Nicole C. Mullins when she first released that real big album she yeah. had. Yeah. And I'm telling, I was on the front row and I was right in front of her. And I'm telling you, that woman could sing. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, she had an incredible. And Is I that was the just, one that sings the. Call on my me. redeemer, yeah, yeah. yeah. my yep. redeemer, yeah. And I'm telling you, that's when all that was just released, and I had the privilege of seeing her, and I was just like, oh my goodness, this is the best thing I ever heard. Yeah, she, she was, was really, really good. Highly underrated as a singer. Yeah. I thought you were gonna say Striper. Striper, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I never saw Striper. I didn't. But you want to listen to one song? I, I think we. Uh, I think maybe the last, the last year that my heart remains was still a band. We. We played a festival with Striper. Is that right? And it was it was a highlight. Awesome. Yeah, were they in yellow and black? They were all. Oh yeah, they don't they don't stray from the yellow and black yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. They were the kiss of the Christian movement or they something were. like that. And, yeah. and they are talented guys, as you know, yeah. as did you ever hear, hair metal goes. Who was it? Uh, Kevin Sweet is that his name? Mm-hmm. Did you ever listen to his solo stuff? I haven't. Like it's good. Like I, mean, I really enjoyed talented. it. Yeah. They were all okay, talented. let me flip it for you. Okay, now <laughs> that we've identified our Christian artists. Let me ask you, what is your <laughs> secular guilty pleasure of what you listen to in secular music? Guilty pleasure? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I use that loosely, but everybody's oh, kind of got a guilty pleasure. Do you have one, David? Oh man, you guys are gonna think so poorly of me. You'll doubt right. it. I doubt it. Uh, <laughs> so not as much the newer stuff, but uh, Katy Perry. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Just, uh, <laughs> Funny story. Katy Perry used to be a Christian right. artist when she I was. was coming up through the ranks. Yep. Her name was Katy Hudson. So uh, Dad fun was in ministry. If you want to have a little fun, get on YouTube and look up Katy Hudson and have a little fun with that, <laughs> fun and fact. you can see where her career started and and. And why she's now doing pop music. Yeah. My yeah. embarrassing fave is uh, same ballpark as David. I 
love Taylor Swift. I was good. And you know, Swift. So, I know. Like, <laughs> I'm so something. embarrassed by Taylor it. Taylor Swift is a little bit of my guilty pleasure. I don't care <laughs> what I'm listening to. If Shake It Off comes on, She's I just turn it up. A talented writer, and I, it just I do. Sticks. I can't help it. I, yeah, it's she was on. She was on Fallon the other night. Did you happen to see that? Mm-mm. This was so hilarious. They played a game <laughs> where they had a drum beat, just a single drum oh, beat. Yeah, and she couldn't pick out. Yes, what he this <laughs> and he beat her on the last one on the tiebreaker, <laughs> yeah. and it was Shake It Off, and she it's was so, so embarrassed funny. she walked off the stage. Because <laughs> so she couldn't identify her own song. That's, That's amazing. amazing. Well, time to hang it up. Yeah. <laughs> what about it, Maddie? What do you? I, yeah. I I don't know I I can't really say it's a guilty pleasure because I love it but I am a huge Kelly Clarkson fan yeah yeah like see that uh, yeah right, she's so. got amazing uh, vocals but dude I'm she telling does. you she's she's yeah. great I might get made fun of that for That's that right. but I don't care I John like, oh sorry I'm sorry I mean I guess like the only thing I could, like I listen to music that I like. Right, right, and I'm I'm not embarrassed by any of it, other than possibly, and I'm really not that embarrassed by Creed. Like oh, I yeah. like Creed. Like yeah. there's here's here's the thing. It had some bangers. If you grew I up like Creed. anywhere around that time period, and you say you didn't like Creed, you're lying. Yeah. You're a liar, that's right. yeah, that's and right. that's a sin. And the truth <laughs> is not in you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But other than that, I mean, but I'm a weirdo. Like I listen to. True crime podcasts and talk radio. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't really Trust. listen to music enough. Yeah. I like all different genres of music. I Me always too. have. I've always been well rounded. My guilty pleasure is probably what I would co- consider thrash metal. There I you go. admit that, but it is. Oh, old sleeper. Have you heard of old sleeper? Yeah, you know old sleeper. I love listening to old sleeper. They're a Christian. I don't know metal. Yeah, heavy something. They are great. You I don't try to get fans. into all the metal genres because all the metal guys will get on you about it's not. That's not the genre it is. And it's like, yeah, dude, it's metal, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's heavy. It's heavy. Yeah, and part of the reason I mentioned that is because we're talking about music. I think there's a there's a little bit of a confusion within Christianity because of the fact that we most people do like different styles of music, and so it tends to get boxed in certain ways. Yeah, um, and I think maybe uh, there's confusion because am I allowed to listen to that? Do I? Is it permissible to have that style of music with Christian lyrics? All those kinds of questions. I think that's a very dividing point today in a lot of uh, Christian circles. Would you all agree with that? Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah, that is a dividing in Christian circles. Yeah, I, you know, I think it's just so. Uh, I've, funny and ironic and inconsistent uh there are some who would say well you know the who, who's a popular christian art like toby mack right toby mack without a doubt is probably one of the best um performers there is i mean he Absolutely. he he sells out great name he's built a wonderful career on this christian pop music right um uh um and some people would push back some Christian people would push back and be like, that's not Christian music. Mm-hmm. Uh, and th- so they'll push back against that, but then they'll listen, you know, or you can't do a Toby Mac song in church, um, but then they'll go home and they'll listen to something like that on their radio. Like, there's a difference there. You know what I mean? Yeah, I always thought it was interesting growing up, and I'd like for Maddie to input on this because I know he knows a little bit more of the historical um, context than I do, but... Um, I always thought it was interesting, you know, it was always the him versus the hers. Yeah. 
<laughs> the hymn, <laughs> yeah, that too. They were they sat on both sides of the each side of the church, and then you had the hymns versus uh, in what is considered modern music yeah. or contemporary. Contemporary. I hate that word, but anyway, yeah. um, music. And what people didn't realize is where the hymns mostly originated from, right, Maddie? Right. Well, it's funny. I get, you know, people are always like, so you play music in bars. How does that work with church? And I was like, pretty sure most of the Christian music you grew up listening to was played in bars originally. Yeah. Or, compo- or written. Or written in, in the bar. Because, yeah, right. you know, those were the places that had pianos. Yeah. Most people couldn't afford a piano. So if you wanted to play music or write music, you had to go to the bar to play the piano. And that happened all across Europe back yeah. in the day, which we inherited a lot of the hymn writing from. People don't realize that. And then, of course, it became the division within the Christian church movement between the non-instrumental church Christ, and uh, and, it, and it all evolved because of the use of the piano, which was a saloon instrument, they thought, right. uh, only. And um, so then it became divisive, and, well, you can't have that. I actually knew of a situation, this is interesting, where there was a, um, uh, a wedding that took place back in the late, 60s i believe it was and um they wanted to have the bridal march played on a piano in a non-instrumental church and so the compromise was they raised the window and put the piano outside the window <laughs> i've heard that before. i've heard that story yeah. too, and yeah. played the piano yeah. for the bridal march <laughs> that's crazy <Is> th- <laughs> how how absurd and god Talk was about surely confusion. honored in that yeah, right? yeah god yeah. was honored <laughs> in that. There, there's just so many absurdities <laughs> there's that. nothing better than than a good healthy compromise <laughs> <your convictions>, you know <laughs> yeah. i've just always been just so curious to find out like where these things started i like you know i get kicked out of i was playing a church one time a little small church in indiana and they they shut the power off about halfway through my first song and told me that I needed to leave. And I was like, what in the world's going on? You know, we're leading worship and you shut the power off on me. And, uh, and they said, because you played minor chords. Explain that, Maddie. What, what was the deal with that? I why, guess why because minor, minor chords? chords are like darker. They were saying that they were, they were of the devil. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know how to play any chords, but. Anyway, I, that's hard. It's for me difficult to, wrap my to head play around. most songs without a minor chord. Oh just, yeah, you know, throwing that out there. There's a few that you can, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of church songs and a lot of songs that they probably sang in their church that had minor chords in them that they, you know, probably just mm. ignored. But so here's a question for for you, Matt. Yeah, how would because you're a worship pastor, this is kind of your area of expertise. Um, how would you distinguish, or would you distinguish between? And I'm using air quotes, Christian music and worship music. I mean, I definitely think there's a difference between, you know, the two styles. I think, you know, for me, as a writer, when I write worship music, worship, I know the people are always like, what's the difference between praise and song and a worship song? We can talk about that in a minute. But I think for me, worship is a personal thing. So like when I'm writing worship stuff, it's like I'm trying to think of a conversation that I'm going to have with me and God. You know what I mean? When I'm writing, uh, like when I used to write for My Heart Remains, it wasn't always a conversation between me and God. It was, it was. I'm trying to uplift a lot of the people that we were playing for at the time. And in that band, we were, you know, we played heavy rock, and uh, a lot of the places that we were playing, you know, we played a lot of churches, but we also played bars too, and that was our ministry. So 
a lot of our lyrics were geared towards uplifting those people. So it was engaging of the audience into mm -hmm. a mindset is what exactly is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we use some of the same imagery that they would that they saw every day and we just kind of flipped it on them, you mm -hmm. know. Uh, so I would say that to me as a songwriter, that was the difference because it just felt like one was like, I'm just I'm writing for everyone. And then sometimes, you know, some I guess worship songs, sometimes you're, you're writing for the audience too. But when I'm trying to write them as a writer, it's usually what what, what am I saying to God or what is, or maybe what is he trying to say to me? And it's usually a more personal thing, I guess. And then how what, what you mentioned the difference between worship songs and praise songs. I, I would say that's probably it. I, I would say like, you know, for me, praise songs are like, you know, you can do it alone or you can do it together. You can do it with anybody. We're, we're just there to, to praise, and uh, I think a worship song or a worship, you know, when you're in worship, you're you're having that moment with God. It's, between, it's personal. It's between you and Him, and, and you can do both of those things at a, at a service at church. You you know you can you can congregationally worship with your with other believers and and lift Him up corporately, or you can also sit in your seat and and have a moment with God, and and that's a personal thing that has nothing to do with the people around you. And I think, you know, I think that's where some of the, you know, people ask those questions. That's where some of those questions come from. What's the difference between this song and this song? It's like, it's really more of a difference between how do you take it, you know? You know, is this is this a song that that you have a, having a personal moment with God? Or are you sitting and, and lifting him up with everyone and being in that moment? I mean, um, I would say it's probably good to have a, a healthy mixture of both. In Absolutely. Our, in our services, you know, because uh, certainly if it's just us personally with God, we miss out on the horizontal aspect of what it yeah. is to be a Christian. Yeah. Um, but then also, it's also it is also a personal relationship. So absolutely, I, yeah, I think you guys you do a good job with kind of incorporating both into what we do here. So. Yeah. You know, one of my uh, again, I listen to talk radio, so I don't listen a lot of music, but but I do enjoy music. I, I really do and um but what one of the things that that i i'm convinced of and, and this is just a, a conviction of mine is i think we today the church today has uh individualized our relationship with jesus more than it was ever intended to be mm -hmm. right yep as hats off to josh turner he's great and fine but it's not just about me and god you know what i mean mm -hmm. it's yeah. about we and god like that's mm -hmm. what we see throughout scripture yeah <laughs> courtney that's a song reference okay <laughs> <laughs> he did the song about me and god or whatever anyway okay. my, my point is uh, it's not our what we see in the in, in the scriptures is that what we're invited to be a part of and to join it's, it's not a me church. thing it's not a me thing mm -hmm. it's a we thing yeah and one of my one of my frustrations with a lot of Christian or worship or praise music is often it's me and God focused, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, some of the songs and some of the so, some of the songs you you see eyes all over the place, eyes and knees. Mm -hmm. and I'm thinking no, it, and so I was talking to a, a, a friend of ours, Dan, who was on our podcast once before, um, in 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 the country where he lives, they change all the eyes and knees to wees, and I, boy, that's there's some richness there. So I think that's how the early church worshipped. I mean, we have their their hymn book. So I think a lot of people don't realize what we have in the in, in the Bible in the Book of Psalms. Are that's their that's the 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 songs that the people of God would sing together corporately. Right. And uh, and um, 
Yeah. So, <clears throat> why yeah. do we have why do we have music and songs in worship in our worship venue? An hour of worship that we have. Why do we Why do we do that? Yeah. Matthew. Well, Scripturally, why do we do that? I mean, all throughout Scripture, you know, when when they were talking about praising God, they used instruments and their voices and. I mean, I think I think it's just for me. It's you know you kind of model what these these people of faith were doing. You know, if they, if they were doing it, they were doing it because it was important. Um, so I think there's some of that for sure. Well, I think there's. A, I mean, it, it's obvious that there's power in music and. Song. Well, I think I think the thing about music, and I think we can all agree with this. And I think I think this might be a universal statement. Period. Uh, whether you're a Christian or a non-Christian, music is. A universal language, Absolutely. language. Yep. There, you know, there, there is not a person on this planet that sometimes when they hear a song, it doesn't take them back, or it makes them feel a certain thing, or, or it, it brings them closer together with this this certain people group that they had a moment mm-hmm. with when that song was playing, or mm-hmm. they're at a concert, or at it a resonates church. and it, it and does. I think, it and I think all of us, we we were all privileged to have church backgrounds as kids. Yes, this particular group is not everyone has that. But I think that, not to discuss the theology of some of our childhood songs necessarily, <laughs> but I will have to say that in my memory, my concept of remembering mm-hmm. a God and thinking about God came because the song was in my heart. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I remember concepts about God because of music that was easy to put to memory. Yeah. And I'm thankful for that because a lot of that came back to me throughout the course of my young life i remember you know it's just so much easy to remember easier to remember and memorize a song or a concept of god in lyric form yeah. uh with music than it is uh, just you know trying to memorize scripture i'm terrible at memorization like when we were at camp growing up and and somebody was like you're gonna memorize these verses and mm-hmm. you know that was hard for me but when you put a melody to it that's when i remembered it yep um, I don't know why. It's just how I'm, I'm wired, and I guess that's why I am. Well, I think I do a lot of people, do. most of us are. Yeah, so when you put a rhythm to it or a melody to it, all of a sudden it becomes memorable, and then I'm singing it the rest of the week. And then right. then the great thing about it is so many times somebody's come and, and had a question, and I've been able to recall Scripture because of some song that I heard, and it was the right thing at the right time for that person mm-hmm. because that was just in my heart because I had sang it over and over and over again. And I think, you know... That's another common thing that I get a lot. How come we do songs that are so repetitive? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I get what you're saying. Trust me, no one no one out there sings you know, like when when you're talking to a worship leader and you're you're wondering why you've sang a song a lot. Mm-hmm. Imagine what it's like for us who's practiced it, did four services right. of it. When you guys are just starting to love a song, I'm already like, man, Over. I can't wait till we find <laughs> something else to do. But there's a reason why we keep doing it, and there's a reason why these songs are repetitive, and it's because when you leave during the week, it gives you something that catches in you, and it just keeps popping up when you need it. At least that is the way it is for me. When, yeah. Like when I'm when I hit midweek and I'm just exhausted, and and then all of a sudden a lyric like you know my fear doesn't stand a chance when mm-hmm. I, I stand in your love, it gives me a chance to move through the week, you know. And um, I just think there's so many so many reasons for repet you know and people are like well hymns didn't do that i'm like yes they did <laughs> <laughs> they were repetitive too like that, so you can't go there but there's a there's a specific reason why some some songs and some hymns are repetitive and it's because 
you want to leave there singing it so that you can so you can get through your week and I do yeah. that every week. I, I'll leave and those songs that we've done over the weekend play yeah. over and over and over in my head. And that's what I would hope would be for anything. Now there's other songs that are more uh we go deeper and it's not so much about the you know um the repetitive, it's more about the reflection and, and taking some time to really dig and, and 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 get in the word and try to understand what that song means and uh that's you know so we we have to have those songs too we have to go we have to grow deep and wide i think yeah. mm-hmm. one thing that's interesting to me about the the kind of teaching aspect of music uh when i was looking for a new curriculum to kind of implement with our kids uh our pre-k and our k through 5th one of the important things to me was that there was music involved with it um, and the curriculum that we landed on has every month they focus in on, they're laser focused on one major point that they're trying to teach the kids. And a, in addition to that, there is one song that they sing each week that goes along with that. Like the pre-K just finished up a creation um, series. And the point was God created everything and it was all good. So there's a song to it with dance moves and stuff called All Good. And our kids each week are getting exposed to that and those things that, you know, like you said, we're bad sometimes at memorizing things. But uh, And I think that's part of why some of the songs are in the Bible, like the Song of Miriam, after they, you know, yeah, came, came across the Red Sea. It's there to teach future generations, um, hey, this is what God brought us through. This is how God, you know. Yeah. is with his people so that, that's interesting and let me say on that on that topic yesterday after church my youngest nora she is five years old in the forge five-year-old room and she came to me after the services so excited to recite that song to me she ran over she said dad 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 and i was talking to somebody i'm like please stop <laughs> Hold on a second. Hold on. And dad 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 so finally i was like, okay what is it and she recited uh, something about creation and god said it was all good uh-huh. And 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 did the little song, and she was so thrilled with it. And, and man, I mean, that's awesome. I hope that these mm-hmm. things st- stick in our hearts. Otherwise, I mean, this is the importance of youth and children's ministry, as Sammy Absolutely. alluded to this weekend. <laughs> in his, <Rant. laughs> he did a little, a little more than alluded to it, I suppose. <laughs> um, but you know, as our children grow, we want to instill in them this foundation and, and songs and choruses sink deep into our hearts mm-hmm. and so uh you know you know i don't care how awesome. musically talented we all are and some of you all are very musically talented and some of us are not so much <laughs> i would say i'm the least in the group uh have been so greatly affected by it i mean courtney it's been a big part of your world your family your dad was big into music you, you grew up with christian music mm-hmm. and um How's it affected you? I'm just curious what your take is on it. Well, that's like my favorite way to be close to God. And it's, um, it's just worship is meant to orient your heart toward him. And so like there's just, that's like a, that's something that I always am ready to do. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm always, per, I'm always ready to be a part of worship because it like clicks something. It's not like, like for some people it's teaching, for some people it's reading. That's that is not me. It's like music. I'm tuned into that. Even if there's music on and you're talking to me, I hear the music over. I hear you like more than I hear you, because I'm like I'm biologically wired for it, 
And so I feel like a, a really strong connection to worship because then it's putting all the biblical concepts and theological truth to something that just resonates. Mm-hmm. We get, you know, the church comes under fire for music on all levels, I think, at times, whether, you know, we, we categorize it, um, box it, if you will, of, of being, you know, you have to be a church that does hymns or you have to be a church that does you know, bluegrass, or you have to be a church that does whatever. Uh, I I've always appreciated the fact that we've pr- kind of tried to be relevant, not necessarily in a category. We we do a variety of music at at Leesburg for that reason. I've always felt good about that. What John? We, I'm just, I'm just thinking back right when I first got here in 2016, Easter, or maybe it was Easter 2017. We started off the service in a very unique way. Mm-hmm. Matt, you started off. Do you remember? Oh, you started off with, with the Hello, Darkness, oh. My Old Friend. Yeah. Was that yeah. Easter? Was that uh, Easter? That was I, Easter, wasn't it? I can't remember which service it was, but yeah, we did the Sound we of did Silence. The sound of silence so we did how the disturbed in the version of that the That tied in with a message that I was, I okay, was giving. Yeah, yeah. That's and still, to this day, the hardest song I've ever sang on stage. I'm going to tell you what, you so absolutely killed it, though. It's it. really difficult. So, <laughs> so, so here's a question, right? Like historically at Leesburg, you've done a couple of those songs. You've done Sound mm-hmm. Silence. You, uh, you know, it, we know some churches. I, I don't know if we ever have, but um, uh, I'm thinking of Perry Noble back in the day. His church got into a lot of heat over doing uh, the Highway to Hell on an Easter Sunday morning. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, you know. So, so, so how do you? What do you say to that? What, what do you say to the people that? who are not just being jerks. I think some people just are, are jerky when it comes to, I can't believe you did that song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what do you do with the person who says, man, like that song, like, you know, it triggers memories and emotions and thoughts in the past. And, and dag on, like I come into church and I hear that song that doesn't really directly tie to God. How do you, how do we talk? Like, how do we handle that? They're I look at being, you know I, jerks, I, I personally just... look at it like I do all aspects of our worship. For, for, let me give you an example of that. We uh, we don't pass an offering plate, but we have giving boxes at at our facility for people to offer their give their offering or tithes or whatever you want to call it to God to perpetuate uh, our opportunity to build God's kingdom. We don't ask people where that money, how you got that money, and you know what, we we use it. Yeah. For good. Mm-hmm. That that's that's the bottom line. I don't know how it got there or where it came from or what the motive was for getting it. Do you, do you follow what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, I'm with you. So I'm I'm thinking that sometimes it, the overreaction is is that we can use anything, mm-hmm. anything that God God created this world. Satan didn't. That's right. And he gave us the ability to use anything and everything in it for good. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's true with music yeah. as well. Absolutely. So I've never, I, I've always, I've been under a lot of criticism. We used to actually do a lot more secular music than we do today. I had it almost weekly in a, a secular song because I felt like that people, you know, resonate with, with some of that. And, and it stirs thoughts and emotions yeah. uh, that could be channeled in a very positive way. Mm-hmm. And so what I want to do is mm-hmm. take what the world is using for negative and, and use it for good because that's how God intended it. Yeah. It, it, it's Anything and that. everything. Yeah. And we could, you know, this is across the board can be used for bad. Yeah. 
And um, so we want to use it for something to perpetuate what God would have us know about him and a truth, uh, yeah. a conveyed truth. So even those secular songs, the sound signs, for example, uh, um, e- that connects, right? That song connects with many of us. Uh, and then there's a redemptive quality to using in our services. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's a point to it. And there's a reason for it. And it's reteaching as well. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's transforming. I think one of the mistakes that church church made, particularly back in you, a couple <laughs> dozen years ago, was is that they tried to take secular music and put Christian lyrics to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. it didn't turn out so well. Um, you know, it, what they were trying to do is take a secular song and then, you know, put what they drops keep falling on my boat. Yeah. Something <laughs> like that. You know, I mean, yeah. I'm thinking of others, but I won't mention them, but there, there were some pretty bad versions. And I think it was, I think people kind of looked at it and went, what, you know, yeah. uh, and I've always been kind of under the conviction that don't, let's not do that. Uh, let's don't make a mockery of God or the secular like, song. What are you talking about? Huh? <laughs> like, like wh- an example. Oh, because I, I like really... big Bibles. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Well, I think it was all in. I think it was well-meaning to like redeem the culture, but this is a much more practical way of including people. People took a lot of rap songs and tried to put mm-hmm. Christian but lyrics I to like them. The, I mean, that's. That's just parody. I know it is a parody, but I'm just saying there were people that looked at that seriously, though. We're trying to do it seriously. Like, I had a whole CD of where they had taken uh, classic rock ballads and put Christian lyrics to it at one point. Just take that old Bible Bible off. (laughs) You know what? I saw it perform once. Fantastic. Shut up, John. This is something... This is something, talking about this kind of reminds me, uh, and as kind of 90s kids, uh, growing up in the youth group, I'm sure most churches had a poster up at some point in one of their youth areas that said, uh-huh. like, if you like Pearl Jam, you would also <laughs> like yes. Audio Adrenaline or Third Day or, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, so it was like, yeah. and so um, I think with that kind of a thing and it, you know well-intentioned stuff i guess too thank but, you interlink yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but what i think that ended up doing to me anyways was saying like here's the real thing and here's the christian cheap imitation uh, yeah. whereas uh-huh. in the, if you look at the history of music yeah. even the way that we annotate music came as a result of the church saying hey we need to organize these thoughts because music is a language and a way to engage with culture and instead of being at the forefront of doing something um positive and using an avenue that god has given us as his creation um we just think well i gotta be a cheap imitation of Mm -hmm. the real thing and i think we do a disservice when we here's here's the other side of that when i was growing up and you all had this experience too even though you're much younger than i am is that you know uh, I've been we've been criticized for maybe some of the style of music that we do with the band and so forth, but on the other hand, and it's a, it's it's rehearsed. There's a lot of forethought. It ties in with the message for the week. Da 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 da. But when I was growing up, you showed up ten minutes before service. You flipped on the lights, unlocked the door, and then the minister met with the piano player and said, "Okay, what are the hymn numbers we're going to yep. sing today?" Yep. And it was a complete afterthought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was no thought process whatsoever yeah. in doing any kind of worship. It was okay. 
let's just throw this together because it has to be part of our service mm-hmm. to kill some time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and, that, and, and ironically, it's been those my mindset that has been the most critical oh, yeah. of those of us who try to plan and rehearse and put the best forward that we possibly mm-hmm. can with talent and ability, you know, and it was, you know, just let Joe Schmo stand up. They've got a song on their heart today and it had nothing to do with anything yeah. other than they wanted some attention that day. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, most of the true. time. Yeah. Uh, you know, and um, it was, it was schlock for the best word I can think of to, to describe it. It just wasn't really giving God our best. And yep. so I'm very proud of the fact that today there's a lot of effort in churches, not just ours, but many to put forth the best effort they can in trying to bring uh, honor to God through yep. music and song. Absolutely. Because so, no one likes cheap imitation. Nobody likes cheap imitation. Right. David, you reminded me of that. I remember that interlink poster type <laughs> thing. And, and when I was in middle school ministry doing that, uh, I had a, a volunteer that would go every week and make sure that we had cookies for youth group night. And so when kids would get there, we'd have cookies and drinks and stuff. And, and my biggest instruction to the snack lady was do not ever, ever buy chocolate cream cookies. Buy Oreos. Oh. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Like, no one likes chocolate cream cookies. Mm, Everyone yeah. likes Oreos. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Don't That's buy the cheap knockout. <sighs> Thank you for saying that. You're I feel like that is a lot of truth. I remember, I remember specifically a, my aunt brought this CD. She was, like, babysitting us or something. I was probably 10 or something. And I remember a parody of the Friends theme song. It was like the whole thing was theme songs <laughs> to oh, shows. No, yeah, and and um, <laughs> and it was like they put Christian lyrics to it. And I remember her playing uh, that one specifically for me. And she was like, "Isn't that fun?" And I was like, "But why?" Yeah. <laughs> and she said, "Well, they're Christian now." And I was like, "But that song has no bad words in it." I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and also, what makes a song a Christian song? Here, yeah. Well, that's a great. Yeah. That's yeah. A, Here's that's the a thing. Big question. Yep. I. I have always, especially somebody who spent a lot of time in the Christian music industry, I hate that we call it Christian music. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I just don't like that term because, and, and the problem is, is there we miss out on so many great perspectives because it's not uh, labeled Christian music. Yep. There are so many uh, talented songwriters out there that have a really great perspective on life in general and faith and and things like that and you'll never hear them because Caleb won't play them because they're not they don't have that tag on it lots of people who are christians making excellent music that don't fit the formula for Caleb. right and are i mean like you're gonna miss tons of excellent worship and christian artists who are putting out good stuff that just doesn't fit the guidelines i heard a, a buddy tell me he told me one day he said we don't need more christian music we need more christians playing music exactly for sure uh, but we also need more people that pay attention to the ones that are kind of out there trying to blaze a different trail um it's 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 kind of a difficult road when you're kind of in between like when you're mm-hmm. you know it, it's hard for you to be in the secular world because you've got some you know faith type music but it's also hard to be in the christian music because you you, you're not always vertical and uh so they they have this middle road that they're trying to go down and um there's just a lot of great artists that are in that and uh god gave them a unique perspective and he finds pleasure in the fact that they 
they write and play music just like anybody else. Uh, so I would just challenge you to try to find some of those artists. I would love to talk to you about any of them because, mm-hmm. you know, um, I'm kind of in that world myself. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't think that we need more Christian music. I think we need more Christians playing music. So if that's hung you up, if you're a musician yeah, like and you've gotten hung up in the fact that, well, I don't really, I don't really sing worship songs and I don't really write, yeah. you know, this four pop, chord you know, songs that, you know, I, I, I have a question yeah. and I'm serious about this because I don't understand it. Um, I do a lot of dialogue every week uh, in, in a gym with younger, you're all age people, guys, particularly, of course, um, and they, you know, we get into church conversations. And I was in a conversation with a guy the other day. He does not attend church. He has a church background, but he does not attend. And he said, I like, <laughs> I like to hear the old hymns when I go to church. And he's got his earbuds hanging around his shoulder listening to me. And I said, what are you listening to right now? And he goes, I'm listening to a group called Beartooth. Yeah. <laughs> it's heavy, hard, thrash metal. <laughs> and I'm like... I don't understand that. Yeah. I don't understand why it is that that's what you listen it's to. Nostalgia. Nostalgia and, is and a why is thing. it that you compartmentalize what mm-hmm. you expect? It, this is what you do all week long, and then you want to go to church yep. and listen to farther well, along. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand <laughs> that. I mean, it's it, nostalgia is a powerful mm-hmm. thing. I mean, it's the same reason or why. It's the same reason why people come in and say it's too loud when we're running eighty-five decibels, but then they were at you know like. Pearl Jam that week, yeah, and it's running 120 <laughs> decibels or Garth Brooks or whatever. But that compartmentalization <laughs> always drives me crazy. I, you all have not been to Rupp Arena as much as I have for athletic sports. I've gone for years and go yeah. every year to ball games and and I go to Kroger Field to watch football games, and it's amazing. As you might well know, most of the people who are ticket holders are all older people because they're the only people who can afford them. Right. Okay. And it's this gray-haired bunch of people, full of, Rupperine is full of it every year, standing up, screaming, cheering in the most loud environment you can possibly be in, and yet, and they love that, and they pay big thousands and thousands of dollars to do this a few times a year, and yet they want to go to church and be quiet. Yeah, I don't, I don't but, understand that. Yeah, it's it's the same way we compartmentalize everything you know what i mean for some reason we've bought into the myth that we as people are made up of of a few separate different parts there's a physical part of who i am and then there's a spiritual part of who i am instead of seeing us as whole people like jesus and uh scriptures you know show us that we are we think well the what church is i like to keep my church in a box on the weekend and i like that box to look like this and it always looked like this in the past and so i like it to stay looking like that so that you know monday to friday this is my monday to friday life and well, this know, is if my God weekend is nothing, life david he's consistent mm-hmm. right and i i'm 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 not saying i got a handle on this i work on it all the time but one of the things that i have strived to do and have encouraged you all to do as part of the staff is let's try to be consistent let's be who yeah. we are all the time yep. and not try to paint a picture of one side and you know there's a word for that it's called or a hyphen word two-face mm-hmm. and i don't want to be that yep jesus criticized that yep i don't want to be one person in one venue and one person in a different venue mm-hmm. i want to be con- try to be consistent i want to be the same at rep arena as i am at church yep so if i'm okay if i'm gonna go and sit and be quiet at rep arena then okay that's who you are that maybe that's your personality but if I'm going to go there and hoop and holler and cuss, you know, 
which is what I see a lot of people doing, but they wouldn't do that in church, and they would be a, they would be appalled yeah. if they saw that in church. Well, who are you? You know what? What is? Where is that? Where's that come from? It's just and there's it's just your a strange and, psychological phenomenon. And me. there's your 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 public invitation while Sammy's <laughs> preaching next time to stand up, hoop, holler, and cuss at. No, <laughs> next <no>. time. <laughs> but I'm just saying, yeah, no, we live. A, there's so much duplicity well, going on the, when yeah. it comes to Christianity, yeah. right? And it, and it really is unfair. Be careful about judging that when you you know people tend to be in their duplicity they judge things so harshly when they're very hypocritical about it themselves we got to be very very careful about that you know for instance i know this has always been a big thing in kentucky and you all know this is true uh if you have if you were to get up and sing a secular country song in church Mm -hmm. there's an acceptance to that because it's jesus take the wheel yeah jesus take the wheel three wooden crosses Whatever it is, where you can talk about hookers and whatever. That's right. But if you if you do that in the upbeat music, it's true. Then it, it, it's viewed different for some right. reason. Yeah. And I don't yeah, yeah. understand that. Yeah. I've never understood that. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, some of the worst music morally that's ever been produced is country and bluegrass music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, think about some of the lyrics that that it's are true. involved. It's a lot of tough lyrics. It's much worse than a lot of the pop or even hip-hop music, for that matter. And it just drives me nuts. I don't understand the duplicity behind all that. Yeah. Well, let's try to land this plane. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I could go on and on. Let's and try on. to land this plane. David, when it comes to worship... Uh, what what are your closing thoughts when it comes to music? What are your closing thoughts for today? Closing thoughts, I think music is a gift from God, um, a tool that he has wired within us. He's a creative God and given us this creative outlet, um, and it is used throughout history um, to teach and to connect with God and to connect with others, and uh, I think we should be continuing to do that. I think there's a lot of value in that. So. Samuel. I couldn't agree more, and I, I think he said it well. I'll let it go. Courtney? I think music is so powerful, and just like there are like there are things I choose not to do for my spiritual health, there's music I choose not to listen to, and it's not a big deal. And there's secular music that I love and enjoy, and I'm like, that sort of orients my heart around how creative God is, like mm-hmm. David said, and so there's there's really no shame in secular music. It's what you need to know yourself and evaluate how it's affecting your life and the fruit that you're bearing because that says more about who you are than the music you listen to. Preach. And then Matthew, you get the final word of the day. Uh, I would just say this: one of one of the most personal worship experiences I ever had was driving in my car listening to a Foo Fighter song, and I pulled over to the side of the road and bawled my eyes out and had a 30-minute conversation with God that all stemmed from the fact that that song gave me some kind of imagery that made me completely repent of everything that was going on in my life at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for us to to talk about what worship is, you know, worship is it's it's just our life, and it's our conversation with God every day. And uh, it, it doesn't have to be Christian music or worship music or secular music or music even, period. It just has to be the fact that we're we're open to having that that every every minute of every day we just have to remember that God's there and He just wants to have a conversation and a relationship with us, um, and 
and he can use any of it for good Absolutely. Um, to speak to you and to speak to others through you or just in general. So yeah. thank you, Foo Fighters. And thank you, listener, right. for tuning in this week. Uh, until next week, have a good one. See ya. Bye. Bye. Peace.